2: Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm PJ Doran. I'm Dave Selecki. This week, as a guest, we have Alex Martin. But first, here's the latest news in the industry.
1: Yeah, big Supercross news this weekend. I hope everybody was out to watch. I mean, it was, uh, PJ saw some action this weekend. 450 race was awesome. Your guy was able to, uh... Make his mark finally and come out of come out of his shell, right?
2: Absolutely, uh, Tomac. Uh, just he's he's always so so fast. And they were talking about it. Uh, I'm sure you watched the same coverage that I did. They were mentioning, you know, Carmichael kept saying when he is on fire, no one's going anywhere near as I mean, he was taking huge chunks of time out of people. Unfortunately, he had to because his start was around tenth. So he. He was on fire though, and easily passed the field, and then put a gap on him.
1: Yeah, notorious slow starter, you know, for the season, not not for a moto, but just a slow starter for the season, and uh, he stalked Roxon down. Roxon didn't put up much much of a fight, you know. I was really kind of
2: surprised. Yeah, I thought he might have a little more, little something for him. Um, I just, again, uh, this harkens back to how many seasons in a row now that we've seen something similar from Tomac. He starts the season slow, as you said. Then all of a sudden he catches fire, and as long as he doesn't bin it, he's the fastest guy around.
1: Yeah, not every race can be Daytona, though, you know. That would be nope, ideal for, for Tomac. I he'd, agree. He'd be 17-0. He'd be and 0. And gosh, the, the guy who quietly uh, snuck in there in third, Cooper Webb on the box, uh, the uh, defending champ, just snuck in and made a good night of it. So, you know, he's gotten over his sickness first couple rounds. He looked steady. He looked really steady, and I still, yeah, you know, I was never a big Cooper believer, you know. But uh, look where he's at.
2: No, he's uh, he. I mean, he's got a little work to do on the in the title hunt, but he hasn't he hasn't ruled himself out of it, right?
1: No, not really. And you know, so the flip side of all of this is uh, Adam Ciancerillo, You know, the guy that uh, we all predicted was gonna was gonna just really kill it as a rookie this year, kind of slipped back a little bit. Didn't put up a huge fight, finished out sixth for the, for the night. Not a terrible finish by any stretch, but, you know, he's really kind of finishing now where you expect a rookie to finish.
2: Yeah, and then, uh, we, we can't not talk about the 16-year-old phenom in the 250 race who did the longest nose wheelie of all time into the face <laughs> of the finish line jump. Yeah. That was, that was insane. It was
1: insane. He was a little bit out of control leading up to that. I think he was, I think he was tired. I think he was riding over his head just a tad, and that little section, that dragon back, which bit a few people, I guess, in practice earlier in the day. Absolutely, it did. uh, It just, you know, you could see he kind of lost energy and let go of the bike, and Ferrandis, man, just out of nowhere. That's the story of the night, I think. Everybody's talking about it. His pass on Christian Craig, taking him out uh, there by the mechanics area was just, just amazing to watch. And there's a lot, if you go on the internet, there's a lot of pictures you can see, sequential, that show, uh, he, I think he was, <laughs> he was hungry to get past them, and uh, he put a wheel in there where he probably shouldn't have.
2: Yeah, and it was discussed, certainly at the finish line, at the podium, they were still alluding to it, maybe under review, and uh, kudos to the racing powers that be. They, they made a decision before they got on the podium.
1: Yeah, and it finally came down from the AMA. They gave him a 12-month suspension and a uh, $3,000 fine that was suspended. So basically he's going to be watched closely for the rest of the series and probably the outdoors are going to be eyeballing everything Dylan does. And if he slips up at all, makes the wrong move, gets a little too aggressive, throws an elbow or something... They're going to
2: come down on him for a young guy. That's he's got to think about that now every time he makes a pass.
1: Yeah, and uh, he actually, I think, got a little close to um, the Australian kid uh, also when uh, when he went to catch up to him and pass him. He, he stuck a wheel in, in on him over one of the jumps, which I don't know if that really caused any of the kids' problems, but you know
2: no he was uh he was clearly I think you hit the nail on the head he, he's young he's uh inexperienced at this level uh, he's gathering it quickly and clearly not going to be the last we hear of that kid he is insanely fast he had within eyesight his first uh, win in the supercross series yeah within a half
1: a lap that's uh that's quite a story so the other cooper uh Justin Cooper again, he's got the points lead um he's got twelve points on Dylan right now, and uh and you know, he just just nice solid second place finish for the night he's he's wise beyond his years out on the racetrack. i think he's uh he's really doing the right things,
2: yeah, he kept himself out of trouble and of course, that we haven't said his name jet Lawrence is the young man we're Thank talking you. about unfortunately he uh in that incident at the essentially at the finish line uh, or or very close to the finish line suffers an injury to his collarbone uh, as we know that's about the most common injury you're going to have when you crash in a supercross or any motorcycle racing honestly um he's young he'll heal quickly i have to believe um uh, and hopefully we'll get to see more from uh, the rising star that is Jet Lawrence because that was one heck of a ride he was putting on. Yeah,
1: it was. So, uh, you know, the, on the other side of the coin again, uh, the guy that uh, we really thought was going to own this season crashes in the main, ends up, uh, where did Forkner end up for the night? I mean, he, he pretty much, uh, he's down at 17th. So yeah, you know he's dropped, rough
2: night for him, and he dropped rough. yeah way back in the points. You know he's now back in a fourth place tie with uh, to this this episode's guest Alex Martin. Uh, that that's right. That's tied up in the grand overall points.
1: That's right. That's right. And uh, yeah, so you know Forkner, you know young kid talking trash because he wanted to own him oh, in his, he did, in his heat race, and went out there and said I wanted to you know make a statement, and he made a statement, and then. Wow, the main came around. <laughs> it just didn't look good, man.
2: Yeah, I think most racers call that, uh, well, they would call it fitting justice. But, yeah, uh, karma, whatever you want to call it. He really he really did kind of throw down a little smack talk there at uh, the interview after his heat because he dominated, no doubt about it. It was a 10-second or better win. But, yeah, tempting the fates when you start talking trash for the main.
1: Yeah, so that is Moto Karma. Came back to bite him. So, yeah, great, great uh, weekend of racing. Really, this series has just been full of surprises so far, and, I, and I'm really looking forward to the next
2: round. Yeah, me too. I mean, Roxen uh, continues to hold on to the series lead. Barsha's right behind him. You know, Barsha had a, one could say, a, a mediocre night for him after the start he's had. He was in ninth. Tomac right back into the thick of the, the title hunt. It's going to be a long season. You know, the top five, six guys are... Still very much in it. We got ten points across the top five. Cian Cerulo sitting in fifth.
1: Yep, it has fifty six points to Roxon's sixty six. So yeah, throw a blanket over him. It's going to be exciting. This this whole series has just been a different winner every Saturday night, which you know that I think is great for the sport. It, it you know it's it's healthy when you've got that level of parity where you, anybody can win, and it's not yep. a runaway.
2: Fans want to watch. Fans want to be there. So the upcoming rounds are. They're going to be awesome. Can't wait to see more of them. It is going to be a great season. I agree. I agree. Well, Dave, you want to give us this week's trivia question? Let's talk about that. All
1: right. This week's trivia question, Pit Pass Motor of the Week. What former NFL coach entered into motorsports and eventually started a motocross team? Name the coach, team, and
2: what year? We'll have uh, the answer after our interview with Alex Martin. Welcome to the show, Alex Martin. Welcome to Pit Pass. Uh, Alex is a professional motocross racer for the JGR MX Yoshimura Suzuki Factory Racing Team. How you doing, Alex? Uh, you had a pretty decent weekend this weekend. Um, how, how'd the race go for you?
3: Yeah, doing pretty good back in Florida. I've been making the track cross-country every week because I'm based in Florida, racing west coast. Just got done with a little uh, bike ride trying to get the blood flowing after crashing and hitting the deck multiple times this weekend. No, Anaheim was good. Anaheim, too, it was, uh, ended up with a fifth place overall in the main event. Actually really close to nabbing a podium there with a couple laps to go. Was in fourth and had second and third. Justin Cooper and Hart Raff were right ahead of me. and. Ended up coming up short on a triple and clipped it, went over the bars, and then yeah, fifth was was all I could manage after that. So, kind of a bummer weekend, but um, just happy to be healthy.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you had a rough go in your heat race. That was a nasty get off. What was going through your mind when you went down? I mean, is that get back on the bike right away and let's go, or oh shoot, I'm going through the LCQ. What uh, what are you thinking when that happens?
3: Well, when that happened, it, it happened so fast. I, the only thing was like well game over <laughs> game over yeah um, yeah it was it, i mean because the way i crashed and how i crashed and the whoops it was it was a hard hit like i hit very hard and honestly i'm really happy just fortunate that i didn't break a bone or something because i could have easily been a wrist or something so i definitely was very fortunate to get get away relatively unscathed and yeah, at that point, uh, I couldn't really even continue the heat race because the front end was so twisted. I, I did one lap, and I couldn't even go straight through the whoops. So it was just kind of turning on me. So, um, yeah, just regrew it, come back to the LCQ, pulled the whole shot, just managed a second, just kind of <laughs> wanted to get through the LCQ, you know, unscathed. And, uh, yeah, luckily the main was a lot better, though.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, your, your, your start in the LCQ was stellar, for sure. I think you guys are making horsepower at JGR and you and Moseman going at it there, and really to to finish up and make it in the main from there was great. Really, really job well done, for sure.
3: It's no secret everyone kind of struggled with the track, the whoops in particular, last weekend, and yeah, it was just one of those races where I struggled all day personally with the track, and you kind of get to a point where you're like, okay, maybe let's (laughs) just salvage the race or just get through this one healthy. It's a long season, you know, we're racing 20 plus times, even in the 250 class, and this is one of those races where I can reach up and bite you, you know, kinda of like it did, I guess, with Jet Lawrence. It's you know, there's a lot of two there was a lot of things happening in the two fifty class main event and a lot of crashes just in general throughout the day. So, um, you know, just take take this one and go forward. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, how much of that did
1: you know about right away after the race? I mean, it it was watching it on TV or seeing it live, there's a lot of drama. Just the things that happened with Dylan and, and Christian and then and then Jet. I mean how much of that did you hear about right away, or was that stuff that debated through the pits later?
3: Yeah, I had no idea. Honestly, obviously. obviously, I was thinking that my race, in and of itself, was <laughs> there was enough drama with me crashing, going over the bars, all this stuff. And then you just hear little bits and pieces when you come back and talking to the mechanics and Jada Bone, team manager, all that stuff. And you see Instagram, you see clips and stuff. I still haven't watched the race in full, but I've seen the highlights, so um, I kind of have a good idea. Obviously, yesterday I had a good idea of what what went down.
2: Alex, what was your, exactly what you're saying, we all witnessed. There was a a lot of off-track excursions, particularly in the whoops that you noted. Was it slick? Was it just different timing? What was it about the course? Because you clearly were not the only one who had issues in a couple areas of the track.
3: I just think it was a case of, I can't really even say the dirt. Because from Anaheim 1 to Anaheim 2, they have the Monster Jam over over that off weekend. When we, when we were in St. Louis, they were doing the Monster Jam. So the dirt's sitting in the stadium for a good three or four weeks. Typically, A2 is really dry, hard pack, slick. But we we did press day, actually, the JJ, me and Jimmy D and a couple other guys did press day Friday, and it had rained Thursday night, and it was pretty muddy and pretty slick. So I was actually kind of like, man, this might be good for the track in general for the weekend. But I really just think it was a case of the way the track layout was designed. There was two whoop sections and there was a dragon's back. And the whoop sections were just really, really big. I guess they were big. They were steep. The first whoop section had no starter whoop at all. So it was very hard to like set up and get into the whoops. Typically, if you have a starter whoop, it really makes it a lot easier to get into the whoops. Because once you're in the whoops, it's just about managing your throttle. It's pretty easy for the most part. So yeah, just the whoop sections, the dragons back—that's what really made the, tr- the track difficult, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, there definitely seemed to be something odd about the course for everybody, whether it was the cadence of the of the obstacles or, or just the conditions of those of the soil. So I think making the best of it, like you did, that's a that's like you said, that's a that's a good weekend. I can score some points and and not not walk out of there hurt. So definitely
3: the way the 250 class has been lately it's i've just kind of been you know kind of somewhat consistent and i'm fourth in points so <laughs> people are either winning or grenading themselves so yeah hopefully we can just be steady eddie and kind of chipping away i mean obviously we want to be up in the podium consistently week in week out and we're, we're close just need a few more puzzle pieces and we, you know myself and the jgr suzuki guys Yoshimura, we're working hard to to get the bike in a good spot and I feel like we're in a good spot just a few little things here and there and, and definitely better starts in the main event better starts when it counts and I think we'll we'll be up front so you get to go back to uh
2: obviously you're you're competing in the West Coast it's Arizona this coming weekend um how do you I mean what what are your realistic goals are you doing a lot of training this week did you come away from that injury or that uh episode on track with any you know nagging injuries or are you feeling
3: 100% I can't say I'm 100%. (laughs) I'm never really 100% on a Monday after, you know, after a race. But this one in particular, I actually really was lucky. I have a massive, like, kind of scratch and bruise on my collarbone, my left collarbone. But, I mean, to be honest, for the way I crashed, the fact that that's all I really have, I feel pretty good. Monday, I've kind of been treating as, like, a rest and recovery R&R day to try and get the, you know, the old body back in order. And... So for me I mean I guess training wise I'm still doing the same amount of volume I guess Tuesday Thursday I've been I'm riding this week still in the gym a couple of days a week doing cardio every day and then back on a plane Friday to head to Phoenix so it's definitely a little bit more challenging with the you know the east coast base and having to hop on a flight and travel across the country but I've actually I would say for the last month or two two months I've been kind of basically on a west coast time zone, like sleeping schedule. So I'm staying up later just so that way it's not as much of a hit to the system when I do go west.
1: You know, that's those, those are those things that most people don't, don't realize or recognize when they watch the races on a Saturday night. Other than guys like me who have to stay up late and watch it. But I guess the point is, you know, what the, what the average racer has to go through on a, on a given week to meet that schedule it's not easy
3: well and that's the thing is like i'm um, saturday night after a- a2 you know i'll get back to the hotel you're you're may- you're lucky if you can be sleeping by one you know 12 30 and then i get back to florida you know orlando sunday night and it's like you're tired at 9 p.m but that's only six o'clock on the west coast so right. i kind of force myself to stay up till midnight one just so that way i'm just kind of somewhat on the a consistent schedule
1: so when you're uh, just switching gears a little bit, Alex, you know, looking at your history, you know, 12-year pro, you're in your second year, your contract with uh, with JGR and Suzuki, and uh, you've kind of had to become the guy who helps develop this bike because it was new last year. And I think you've kind of self-admitted that you're not the greatest test rider developer guy, but I think the proof is you guys have got a winning platform when when we see on the track. So What's it like going from privateer to teams like 1110 and Star and TLD to to where you are today as far as what you ask for 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 your setup for your bike and what you get? You know, is it tremendously different now?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a a long road, and I feel like I've had all of those opportunities from 1110 to Rock River Cycle Trader Team, Star Yamaha, TLD. It's given me good perspective, and I've definitely, you know, grown as a as an athlete, as a rider, as a tester, all of the above. And this opportunity with J.J.R. Suzuki, you know, kind of more or less being the only factory two fifty full time rider in the world for Suzuki, I've had to take take the R and D department. Kinda of, I feel like I've been in the R and D department. <laughs> Me and like Renee and Lee and some of the guys just trying to figure out like what makes a Suzuki competitive, what makes it tick. You know, with KTM that was nice because you had the guys over in Europe, Prado, Crowley, Hurlings you know, there's a certain setting, you know, certain length of the bike needs to be or spring rate, valving, all that stuff. Like it's all relatively similar and you can feed off a lot of different people. Whereas with Suzuki, it was like, okay, I'm the only one. So, you know, I think, and I'm, I'm actually proud of where we're at, what we've, what we've accomplished with the bike engine wise. They've made a lot of gains in the off season, the bikes fast engine wise. And, Chassis-wise, it handles great, you know, and it's just, it's definitely, yeah, 12 years in, it's it's been a long, definitely a long time. I've learned a lot, and I think it just gives me good perspective in general for how to set up a bike, how to train, and obviously at the end of the day, it all relates back to hopefully that gets us the, re- the results, you know, to, to get Suzuki up on the top step of the podium, or at least be on the podium.
1: Yeah, for sure, and it's awesome to see out there. I mean, you're the, a lot of nights, you're the lone Suzuki representing and in, in your top five, every saturday night and on the you know in the summer on, on the outdoors yeah and i noticed uh jimmy was on the uh, 450 this weekend
3: yeah yeah he did 450 the first three west coast uh, that was kind of the plan i guess with joey Savashi getting hurt at the X open yeah that was kind of something that changed because i was actually planning on doing east coast most of the off season and then like around thanksgiving time i got the call from jeremy Albrecht to to do west which wasn't wasn't a huge deal for me it just kind of i guess I had to ramp up my training a little bit more. So December was pretty intense in terms of volume, intensity, just trying to get the bike, Uh, not even the bike, but just me (laughs) back in shape because I I definitely enjoyed my off-season September and October. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) I had to to slim down a little bit. But um, no, it was good, just – yeah, and then Jimmy he did a couple West Coast 450, and then he's going to be doing East Coast full time on the 250. Oh, I got so, you. Okay. So, and uh, do you get to ride the 450 much? I do have one in Florida in Florida, and I've been riding it in off season actually once a week. I was I actually really liked this program where I was doing like three days a week Supercross on the 250, and then on Friday I would ride the 450 outdoors and do a couple 30 minute motos. Um, and I actually, really feel like it helped me just to you know get a lot of seat time, and then. Also, just seems like when I went back to the 250 and Supercross, I always felt like just a, a tick better on the bike. So, yeah, you know, is it just is
1: more it, control? Yeah, the weight or mass of the motorcycle is just different.
3: Yeah, that and just, um, I mean, just doing like two 35-minute motos on an outdoor track in a 450. It's like you know, it's a heavy bike and it's it's a lot of seat time. Where people don't really realize in Supercross, it's I mean, if you're doing a 60 lab day it's only like 45, 50 minutes of riding, you know? So you don't necessarily ride a lot in Supercross. It's definitely, and the way, how how intense it is, it's hard to put a lot of time in, and the risk-versus-reward ratio is, is is very high. Whereas in outdoors, like, I mean, you can do three 30-minute motos, and you're relatively safe for the most part. Well,
2: Alex, you've, uh, you've got uh, what I would say has been... Does it feel like a good start to you? You are clearly in the hunt. Does this feel overall? You've had enough seasons now. You've you've started enough seasons. I mean, do you like you where you're at at this point in the season? Again, to your point, you haven't taken yourself out of it when uh, adversity has shown
3: up. Uh, I mean, yeah, I gotta say, I've obviously kind of I'm known as an outdoor guy, and being second, finishing second in the the outdoor championship twice now. For me, Supercross definitely doesn't come easy, and I don't think I've ever been fourth in the championship through the first three rounds. So, I mean, I'll take it, but at the same time, um, I, I'm getting paid, from, and Suzuki, JJR they expect me to be on the podium, and so that's that's definitely the ultimate goal. But, I mean, we're close. We're very close, and we still have seven rounds left. So I'm, I'm definitely pretty optimistic and happy with where we're at. And just to get through, you know, the first three healthy, safe, it'd be pretty somewhat solid. I mean, we're definitely still in the hunt, and just little little things that we could work on better, and we'll be right there where we need to be.
2: Right on. Well, we look forward to what's going to happen in the upcoming races. Alex, we want to give you a chance as, uh, as we're uh... – nearing the end of our interview we want to give you a chance to thank the guys that have helped you go racing get you where you are anybody you'd like to thank particularly
3: yeah well, for sure yeah i have i'm, I'm pretty happy with the, the group i have around me the people you know just jgr guys Suzuki, yoshimara pirelli it's been fun getting to know the pirelli tires and, and, and using those we, we switched over from after vegas supercrossed outdoors so so that's been fun and um you know john wesley my trainer and mike mcquillan practice mechanic um I, we definitely have a good group of guys around us and and, and you know that's uh, that ultimately can't go racing without those people helping us and supporting us uh scott goggles and awry and answer and garnet cti polar definitely a good group of people and and thanks for the support
2: no problem alex it's uh, been a pleasure watching you so far this season we look forward to your upcoming results glad to glad you made it through this tough somewhat tough weekend without any injury and we look forward to talking to you again
3: soon best of luck all right guys thanks for having me on i appreciate it
2: this week's trivia question of the week on pit pass was what former nfl coach entered into motorsports and eventually started a motocross team what was the name of that coach what was the team and what year was that the answer is joe gibbs formerly washington redskins head coach 1981 to 1992 he coached them and he entered into motocross in 2008 with jgr mx whose rider we just got done speaking with which was pretty fun
1: yeah absolutely have you ever been down to nascar country pj to see uh, some of the facilities down there
2: oh yeah quite a bit actually um talladega alabama there's a there's a little road race course called little talladega it's about 12 miles from talladega super speedway so i used to go there at night when i was sleeping in a tent and just look at the place and watch dirt track races right across the street i've been to daytona and i my first road race was uh at the nashville super speedway which is no more, but was a NASCAR facility where they ran uh, Craftsman Truck Series back in the day.
1: No doubt, those uh, those tracks share a lot of DNA with road racing. I could see the you know the road courses are really cool to see the the NASCAR guys go at those courses. But uh, you go down to to Charlotte and you go into any of these big shops like Joe Gibbs, and they're absolutely beautiful. They really, yeah. really have you want to live there? A-1 a one facilities, yeah, absolutely It's gearhead heaven. I mean, it's just nothing but. Engines, cars, and gasoline, <laughs> high speed, and boy, they as have...
2: Clean as clean as a surgical room as well. I mean, it's no doubt. You know, unbelievable how clean they keep where they work on
1: motors. Absolutely, and uh, Gibbs is one of the top. I've uh, My former life at uh, at Wisco when I was an engineer, spent a lot of time down there and uh, got to go behind the scenes with companies like Joe Gibbs. I was at Joe Gibbs. And uh, just, you know, deal one-on-one with the engine builders and the engineers there on... Uh, piston development. And you've seen it from the inside. It's 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 amazing. Absolutely amazing. Like you said, surgically clean. And boy, do they run tight programs. So Joe Gibbs, I think, has taken that model and applied it to motocross. And he's as good as or bigger than some of the factory teams, I think.
2: Absolutely. They brought it since day one, since they started in the series. It was uh, only momentarily kind of a You know, I recall when JGR became a team, there was some scoffing, perhaps, uh, from the fan side anyway, if not in the pits, and it immediately became clear that uh, they had every intention of running a high-speed, high-quality program. No jokes. This is not a lark. We're here to win.
1: Yes, and and when they have, definitely a a first-class program.
2: No doubt. Well, what do we got coming up in uh, motorcycle racing news?
1: All right, so coming up this weekend, continuation of the Supercross Series. They're back out west, and it's uh, the State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. That'll be January 25th, Saturday night. I hope everybody watches. And also, uh, Arena Cross is uh, in Guthrie, Oklahoma. They start Friday night, the 24th, and race again on Saturday night, the 25th
2: that is big news and then of course after glendale back to california for the west coast uh legs of our uh, supercross season we got uh, oakland on the first of february and followed by san diego the next weekend of the eighth so they're going to be all the way to the coast for a little while which is what you expect in the west coast series well we would like to thank again our guest alex martin for being with us today of the aforementioned jgr mx crew great guest and a great racer. He really uh, had a good weekend for uh, all the problems that could have developed. He really salvaged it. We want to thank you for tuning in to us here on Pit Pass. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app where you'll get alerts when new episodes are uploaded. Of course, make sure you're also following us on Twitter and Facebook and PitPassMoto.com
1: this has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to Ed Cullen Camp, social media contributor Chris Bishop, our producers Leah Lombrake and Bridget Coyne, and audio engineers Sean Rule
2: Hoffman and Eric Coltnow. I'm PJ. And I'm Dave. We're going to see you next week here on Pit Pass Moto. Thanks for tuning in.